everyone, and welcome to The Darkest Hour. I'm your host, Amanda Jane. When it comes to moving somewhere new, you're usually either pretty bummed about it or pretty excited about it. Like you or a family buys a new home. That's exciting. New beginnings, new experiences, new, new, new. So much fun to be had in all of that. But you don't always get to know what exactly was going on in your home before you were living in it, do you? Old endings and the past experiences of those and that that were before you. Even in the case of a brand new home, what exactly was there before the housing developments? And is it still there? I guess we'll just have to find out. So, let's get started. Shall we? So I'll start by saying this is probably going to be a long one. For some background information, my family's from North Carolina. My papa, grandfather, was born and raised in rural western North Carolina. And my mama, grandmother, was from the middle eastern end of the state. My mama's Native American, with her family living in the same area as far back as the 1890s. Being a Christian didn't stop her trust in the beliefs of her people. She was born with the veil over her eyes, which is basically where part of the amniotic sac detached at some point and attached to the baby. Within her family, this was taken as a sign of the child being sensitive to paranormal activities. And growing up, it proved true for her. Fast forward to my birth. I was born the same way, My mama was both pleased and worried when she saw. Almost everyone on my mother's side of the family fully believes in the existence of ghosts and the like, all having their own experiences over the years. My first experience came at around seven. I remember sitting in my mama's living room, watching television with her, and suddenly I smelled something burning. I'd just roasted myself a marshmallow and I panicked, thinking I'd left the gas stove on and that I'd caught something on fire. Before I could say anything to my mama, she looked over at the door and said, Come on in, E. I was obviously confused and I asked her what she meant. She went on to explain that my papa's sister had died in a house fire in Korea years ago. She had apparently gotten two of her children out and went back in to get the youngest and didn't make it. When they found her body, she was something like five steps away from her door. My mama explained that it wasn't long after that that they began smelling burning rags in the house. It typically lasts just a few seconds and disappears again. My mama believes she just comes to check in. I smelled that same smell many, many times over the years growing up in her home. And I'd look and look for the source of the smell, and I never found one. In the years since, I've moved into my own apartments and homes, and I've smelled the same smell. It lasts just a few seconds, and then disappears. I spent most of my childhood in the eastern part of the state with my grandparents. But as my mom and her siblings grew up in western North Carolina, most still lived there and all of Papa's side of the family. So there were trips to western North Carolina frequently. In the fall, my mama would go up and pick apples by the trailer full and take them back and sell them. My second encounter occurred when I was in middle school. It was fall and I remember because as I bolted back out of the house and tried to get my mama... I tripped over the trailer holding her apples and ended up eating dirt. Then I hobbled around with a busted shin for a few days. Anyway, I went inside the house to get my mama's drink for her, and as I walked past the hallway that led to the bedrooms, I noticed something out of the corner of my eye. 
When I looked, I was frozen for a minute. At the end of the hallway, next to my grandparents' bedroom door, was a woman I'd never seen before. I remember she had long, loose, dark hair and wore a blue pantsuit. Think of a really old woman going to church. She looked at me and smiled slightly. As she turned her body to fully face me, my legs remembered that they could move and I took off. I explained to my mama what I saw and my stepdad immediately moved to go inside because he thought someone had broken in through the back door. Something that wasn't really common in our area but not unheard of. My mama quickly waved him off and took me inside, hidden in a photo album in her closet. She pulled out an old black and white photo of a woman standing on a porch and asked if this is who I saw. It was, and this was a picture I'd never seen before, and apparently one of the only two that she had of her mother. My mama sat me down in the living room and explained it all to me. The outfit I saw her in was the one she was buried in, and while she normally kept her hair up tight in a knot, in order to keep it out of her face while she picked cotton or cooked or whatever she was doing, they decided to leave it down for her funeral. This was all shocking to me. My mama didn't talk much about her mom as she died when my mama was very young, resulting in her dropping out of school to take care of all of her younger brothers and sisters, and then eventually all of her half-brothers and sisters. My mama is the oldest of 18 children. The final encounter I'll write about is one directly related to the other two. About three and a half to four months after I saw the woman in the hallway, I got sick. Not just a little sick, but pretty bad off. This was in the 90s still, and while my mama believes in doctors, she also believes in the medicine of nature. It's not something I'd ever use for my children now, but I also know that it works. So if there's ever a zombie apocalypse, I've at least got some medicine. I was given the medicine and wrapped in blankets. My fever peaked at around 103, and I spent most of the day huddling in my mama's lap until my mom decided that I needed to just go to bed and give my mama some space in case I passed the illness to her. My mama reluctantly agreed and carried me to bed. I'm not sure how long after I went to bed that this happened, but I'd fallen asleep at some point. When I woke up, it was pitch black in my room. I suddenly smelled burning rags and then felt the blankets being taken off of me. The cool air felt great against my skin, and then whoever it was started humming. It was a song that my mama often hummed to me when I was small, or in this case, sick. They started rubbing my back and continued to hum. I mumbled and asked my mama to bring me some water, and the answer I got back was, She's coming, baby. I turned to look, and sitting on my bed was not one person, but two. My mama's mom and the other woman I recognized as Papa's sister, whose picture my mama had pointed out on the wall after she told me the story of her death. I want to say I wasn't scared, but that absolutely wouldn't be true. I was terrified. But about that time, my bedroom door opened and my mama came in with water and medicine. When I looked back at my bed, both women were gone. I told my mama what happened, and I told her that they knew she was coming, and she simply responded, Figures. Can't ever just mind their own business. I later found out that all of my mama's children had similar experiences when they were sick. And even now, as an adult, if I'm really sick or something of that nature, she comes to visit and hums the song while rubbing my back. I know these aren't really scary, and I definitely have my fair share of terrifying experiences with the supernatural, but I figured that it would be nice for some people to see that they don't always mean to harm you. And it's funny because 
Even as I was writing this out, E came in and passed through the house, causing my seven-year-old to run into the living room screaming about something somewhere being on fire. This is the second time this week I saw this man with a hat standing in the same spot looking at me. Please note, was not under the influence of anything. I don't have a history of mental disorders and I don't have sleep paralysis. I was able to move and walk towards the man. But here's what happened. My dog barely barks and always sticks to my side. She woke me up at 2 a.m. barking in the living room and digging at the floor frantically. This was highly unusual, so I woke up to see what was the matter. From my bed, I could see into the living room because my door stays open. When I woke up and looked into the living room, I saw a tall man in a dark suit, wearing a hat, staring at me. He kinda had the style of a 50s detective. I jumped and I was terrified because someone was in my house. I looked for my pepper spray and slowly moved towards him with my pepper spray. And he disappeared. But my dog kept digging at the floor and barking frantically. I went over to my dog to see what she was digging and barking at. And I didn't see or hear anything but an eerie feeling was left in the room. I kept pulling her away from the spot, distracting her with toys and treats, but she was disinterested in my distractions, and she kept going back to dig at that same spot four times. She was fixated and unusually energized at 2 a.m. I can't help but think my dog saw something, too. Has anyone else ever had any experiences with a hat man? would love to share my experiences, specifically about the house I grew up in that my parents recently moved out of about six months ago. We built this house and were the first ones to ever live in it. Completely brand new, you would never think that a brand new house could be haunted. At least that's what I thought as a kid. I've heard footsteps, seen things move, turn on, turn off, on its own flickering lights, electricity malfunctions, shadow figures, and full-on apparitions. Above all, I never felt comfy in the house. I dreaded being there by myself. I never went into the basement, and I always felt like someone or something was watching me. I would always sleep with the lights on in my bedroom, and I'd have a new encounter experience on a weekly basis. My entire family had experiences. My dad, the worst. Our neighborhood would get together some months to drink and hang out. One night, the neighbors across the street from us were pretty boozy and started to mention how they think their house is haunted. Everyone's faces went cold. Everyone had a story, something to share. One neighbor had found a totem buried in their backyard and had a priest come bless it. Years later, my dad got a new job at the local brewery as a tour guide right down the street, about a quarter mile from our neighborhood. Through training, he learned that the entire area was once an Indian burial ground. The grounds go for miles and miles, completely covering our neighborhood. I'm really not sure how or why no one else knew about this from our neighborhood. I have to wonder if the county tries to keep it under wraps so real estate sales in the area don't completely tank. Well, I'm excited to share more of my experiences with you. Ask me anything. 
I'm not sure if this is a glitch, some kind of dimensional overlay, or if I've stumbled upon a technique that causes glitches to happen. I don't know. I'm posting this to hopefully get some insight. I met a long-lost friend in a park one day. He's an eccentric fellow who's deep into unusual meditations and consciousness-type stuff. He wanted to experiment with a meditation technique that he just kind of discovered one day. He didn't learn it from someone else, but just stumbled upon it himself and wanted to experiment with someone else. He called it energy matching. Although, I tried to look up more info by this name, and I couldn't find anything about it or anything that matched his description. Maybe there is a different name for it, and I just don't know it or can't find it. Anyway, the basic concept is that you try to match your energy to a target's energy on every energy level that you can. So, we're sitting in this large, open park with a huge, clear, grassy field in front of us. There's a lone bird chilling on the tree branch. Since this was the only object in front of us, we decided to meditate on this bird. We're both intensely focused on this bird, examining every detail of the bird. All of a sudden, the bird literally doubled. I'm not talking about a double vision kind of double. I mean a completely independent second bird that looked exactly the same as the other, just popped into existence on the tree branch next to the original bird. We both gasped at the exact same time when that happened and simultaneously looked at each other and asked, Did you see that? If I was alone, I probably would have just brushed it off as another bird flew up and I just didn't notice or something. But the tree that it was on was very skinny, with very sparse leaves, so we could see right through it to the sky. So we would have been able to see clearly if another bird had just flown up. Considering how intensely focused we were on it makes the not paying attention argument less likely. As strange as that was, it wasn't enough confirmation, so we decided to try it again on a different target. Here's where things get really strange. We decided to use the park itself as the target. We were intensely focused on the park. There were no other people around, as far as the eye could see, except a lone jogger far away in the distance. It was a very quiet day. As soon as we both synced in, we hear a very loud round of applause all around us. It was like we were in the middle of an encore type of applause, not a couple people clapping or something. Like we were in the middle of a full stadium. It sounded like hundreds, if not thousands, of people clapping. We both shot up in surprise, wondering where all that clapping was coming from. My first thought was maybe the park was having an event or something, so we spent the next hour searching from where that noise could have come from. But we saw no groups of people. I mean, hundreds of people, that shouldn't be that hard to miss, right? Even though the sound was not a distant sound, we still checked if there were any stadiums or large auditoriums anywhere around us, and there wasn't. The sound of people clapping all around you is a very distinct sound that's not the same as hearing it from far away. If I was alone, I probably would think I was going crazy or something, but my friend heard it too. Maybe the meditation didn't cause the glitch, but rather opened us up to other dimensions or something. Or maybe the meditation has nothing to do with it and the timing was just coincidence. I tried that meditation techniques a couple other times and weird stuff happened. But I haven't done it since. I'm actually kind of freaked out by it and I'm thinking that I probably shouldn't meddle with things I don't understand especially since it seems to affect reality the way it does. I have since lost touch with this friend after he deleted his social media accounts to ask him more, 
So, I'm posting this here, hopefully to get more clarity. If anyone has an explanation for this, I would love to hear it. This incident happened when I was in university. I was supposed to babysit my niece that day because her parents planned a business dinner with their colleagues. They told me they'd be back late and one of them would send me back home the next day. I agreed to babysit my niece without any doubts that day. When I arrived at their house, I was given a list of things to do for that day with my niece. My niece was about 12 at the time, so... I didn't have any issue with her helping me out with some of the house chores. We started off by drying their clothes in the garden, and she started narrating her school stories to me. We were having so much fun together that we decided to have a break and make some Oreo milkshakes that she just learned from YouTube that day. As we're making the milkshakes, I noticed how my niece talked about a girl named Sarah O'Neill from her class a lot. Based on my niece's narration about Sarah, I thought she was a lovely girl. Then, I suddenly stopped and looked at her in shock when she said Sarah was with her now and would come out only at night. At first, I thought my niece was joking and quickly brushed off my doubts about Sarah. We continued making the milkshakes and my niece continued with her stories. Curiosity got me asking her about Sarah and I noticed my niece's facial expression changed suddenly. What happened there? Are you okay? I asked my niece as I looked at her. She just nodded her head in silence and continued to drink her milkshake quietly. She turned up from her drink and said, She doesn't like you. My heart stopped a bit hearing my niece utter such words to me as if Sarah was there with my niece in the kitchen. I tried to calm myself down and asked her once more about Sarah. This Sarah that you were talking about, what does she look like? I gathered my courage to ask my niece one last time. She's pretty, blonde hair and about my height. My niece casually described her as she continued drinking her milkshake. So I took a deep breath and smiled at her. I thought my niece was pulling my leg when she told me that Sarah lives with her and plays with her during the night. We managed to finish our milkshakes and quickly continued with our given house chores. We did some cleaning, putting the clothes in the washing machine, and lastly, some dusting. My niece and I were very exhausted after completing the house chores, so... We decided to watch a movie just before heading to bed that night. I told my niece to choose the movie as I wanted to make some hot drinks for her and myself. I came back with the hot drinks in my hand and realized she'd already chosen the movie from Netflix and was waiting for me. Sarah likes this movie. She told me to choose this movie, but she also said that if you don't like it, you can change it. My niece said this as she sat comfortably on the couch. Again, I could feel a knot in my stomach, and my heart was beating fast upon hearing my niece utter Sarah's name casually. Where is Sarah? Can I see her? I played along with my niece. I told you, she'll only come out at night. Now, she's sleeping. My niece didn't even flinch a little. Now is night, sweetheart, so where is Sarah? I pushed my luck again with my niece. My niece smiled at me suddenly and said, She's right behind you. I quickly turned around and I saw nothing behind me. My heart was thumping hard in my chest as I looked back at my niece. There's no one there, honey. I managed to speak up. She says she doesn't like you and she wants you to go home now. My niece uttered as she looked behind me. Okay, time for bed now, I said as I ushered her upstairs to her room. 
My niece shares her room with her parents in the main room, so they have a huge bed that would be shared by her parents and her three sisters, who've gone to their school's camp that day. I put my niece to bed that night, and my niece suddenly asked me if she could play hide-and-seek before bed. No, it's late. You should go to bed now. My voice was stern as I turned her down. That's when my niece looked at me with piercing eyes that scared me. I backed up a little as I noticed how stiff she was looking at me, without any words uttered or any body movement. I told you to go home. Go home now. My niece growled in another voice at me. Her voice was much deeper and scarier when she yelled at me to go home. I quickly got down from the bed and rushed to my handbag for my phone. My niece was still sitting on her bed, but she was chanting something under her breath in gibberish. Her body swayed back and forth as she mumbled those words under her breath. I reached for my phone fast and called her parents. I narrated the whole story to them and told them to come back as soon as possible. I was worried if this problem didn't get solved immediately, it might get out of hand. Then, I heard laughing and giggling all of a sudden in the room, which made me turn around in nervousness. My niece was talking to someone, laughing and giggling, as if there was someone with her on the bed. I watched her laugh and talk alone in horror as I waited for her parents to arrive that night. Her parents came back that night and asked me what happened again, and I told them everything. I told them about Sarah O'Neill and that she'd only come out at night to play with their daughter. Without any hesitation, her parents immediately called a priest from a nearby church. I wondered why they were rooted to the ground with fear when I uttered Sarah's name. Sarah O'Neill recently died in a car crash two weeks back. My sister-in-law explained as her voice broke. I had previously posted this story with my wife's account a couple of days ago. I didn't know what we had seen, and it wasn't until someone replied with, feel free to post on crawlers, that this caught me off guard as I'd never heard of Glimmer Man, Wendigo, crawlers before. Now, I haven't read too much into this topic as I have a lot going on, but I soon realized that this ties in just about everything that's happened since we moved in a year ago. I'm going to start with the seemingly unrelated incidents that have led up to this most recent eye-opening experience. About a year ago, I moved my family and I to a home way out in the woods in Tennessee. The nights here can be extremely loud. Between the crickets, the tree frogs, and the cicadas, it can almost be deafening. One night not too long after we moved in, I'd forgotten something in my car and I headed outside to get it. The first thing that struck me as odd was that my dog wouldn't go outside with me. My dog goes everywhere with me, as I'm her whole world. But not this night. As I held the door open, she looked out and then looked up at me like, nope. So I walked out and shut the door behind me. The second thing that caught me off guard was that there was not a peep. It was dead silent. Still, shrugged this off and walked down my front steps and headed down to the car. When I'd gotten about ten feet from my car, the hairs on the back of my neck stood up. I felt as though something was watching me. I looked around but saw nothing. After I reached in the car for what I'd forgotten earlier, I had this feeling like something was moving towards me. I took a step back and checked around me. All of a sudden, I heard one of my hedges next to me that lined the walkway to our front door rattle. At first, I thought it was a rabbit. Maybe I'd spooked it, as I'd just seen one earlier 
in that same spot. A few seconds later, I heard the sound of a large rock, about the size of a cantaloupe, landing a few feet away from me. It hit the walkway and bounced into the shrub. I drew my gun and called out and said whoever this was is about to get shot. After a few seconds of nothing, I began to think that maybe this was some local teenagers messing with the new people. I holstered my sidearm, turned, and started walking back to my front door. Almost as soon as I turned towards my house, I heard this deep, panting sound. It sounded like a huge dog, but what made me nope back into my front door was that it sounded like it was right behind me. I leapt onto my porch, turned and drew my gun again, expecting something to be right there, but again, there was nothing. A couple of weeks later, I was on my porch at night, sitting on a bench with my wife. She got up and walked inside to get something, and as soon as she shut the door, I heard that panting sound again. I couldn't see anything, yet this sounded like it was right on top of me. The sound was coming from everywhere, and it was very loud. Again, I couldn't see anything, so I noped it back inside my house. Now, at this point, I was questioning moving here, but after nothing else really happening, I let it go. A month or so later, it was a really rainy, stormy night. This is around 9 p.m., my wife and I enjoy listening to the rain and talking about how relaxing it is. Me, growing up in Oregon, I loved the rain. And for the past ten years, we lived in Vegas, where it would dump the entire year of rain in a day and then be bone dry the rest of the year. For my wife, who grew up in Nevada, rain was such a rare thing that she loved going outside and watching the rain. So for us, this is an enjoyable experience. Except this night in particular, things took a weird turn. As we were sitting there talking about the rain and relaxing, my wife stops me and said, Did you hear that? I said, No, what did you hear? To which she said, I swear it sounded like a small child calling for help out in the woods beside our house. I said, no, I didn't hear anything. After a few moments of us listening intently, she said, there it is again. I didn't hear a thing, sweetie. Are you sure you're not just hearing things? I said. She looked at me offended that I didn't hear anything and said, no, I'm positive. How could you not hear that at all? It was our son. I think he's out there and got lost. I said, no, he's in the house, sleeping on the couch. We then both looked through the blinds that were open right behind us, and we could see all of our children laying there. She said, that's so weird. I swear it sounds like our son. I told her, well, it isn't him. He's right there. Besides, I don't hear anything. She then stands up and says, Wow, he's really crying out for help. I need to go look for him. Now, at this point, if you knew my wife, you would know that she's absolutely creeped out by the woods. They wouldn't be caught dead walking around them during the daylight, much less at night, during a storm. I grabbed her hand and said, I've been listening intently, and there's absolutely nobody calling out for help. You need to stay here. At this point... I'm getting worried about her. She was acting completely out of character. Not to mention, at this time, she's eight months pregnant with our baby daughter. She then says, What if there's some child out there, lost in the woods? And I told her, Well, first off, I would be able to hear them too. Secondly, there's no one with other kids around here for miles. The odds of them being lost around our house, that's lit up like a Christmas tree, is nil. She then says, I know, but what if it's a kid? 
Before I could say anything else, she stands up and starts walking towards the stairs. I jumped up and grabbed her hand again, and I said, No, you're not going. Get in the house. I don't know what's going on, but you need to go inside. She then complies, and we both go inside. I didn't know what this was, but it freaked me out. A few months after this, just as it was getting dark outside, I heard the front door to our house open, and I got up to investigate. We have autistic six-year-old twins, and we have a door set up so they can't open it without us there. So to hear this sound, it could only be my wife. What was weird was the fact that she usually doesn't go outside without saying something to me. I walked out the front and I saw my wife walking down our private road towards the drive on the side of our house. I asked her what she was doing and she says she was sitting on the back patio and kept hearing a baby crying in the woods. I said, Seriously? And you just decided to walk off into the woods to investigate? She then looks out into the woods and says, See? There it is again. Again, I can't hear anything. But what I did notice is that it was completely silent out again. I told her, just like before, the chances of a baby being out in the woods, outside our house, is slim, and that she needed to go back in the house. And she said, What if someone left a baby out there? And I said, Well, if that were true, I would hear it too. At this point, I was really starting to worry about my wife's mental health. I actually asked her to see a psychiatrist, and she did. Now looking back, I feel really bad about this, knowing what I know. The key to this moment was that my wife had just given birth to a baby girl a month before. A few days after this, we were out on the front porch. It's early evening, and I just mowed the lawn, and our three-year-old was riding around on his own little car in the front of the house. Now he knows that he's not allowed outside of a certain area that we've mapped off. He loves playing outside, but with the road behind 50 feet from our porch, we have to be careful as a lot of boaters will fly through after day drinking on their boats. As we're talking... We're both keeping an eye on him. A neighbor drives by and stops to say hi for a second. This interaction took approximately eight seconds. As all they said are how are things. We said good, and he told us he'd stop by later, as his wife had something for the kids, who happens to be one of their school teachers. And we said, okay, great, and he drove off. I looked over at our son, and he was gone. I called out his name and ran over to the side of the house, and I could hear his car on the side drive. I scolded him for leaving the area, and he said something in his three-year-old gibberish and pointed to the woods behind our house. I said he had five seconds to get back up to the front of the house or else, and he adamantly pointed back in the direction of the woods and kept trying to tell me something. I looked off in the direction of the woods and just assumed that he saw a deer or a squirrel or something, and he wanted to see it up close. I walked him back up the front of the house, and he cried the whole way there. He got really upset that I wouldn't let him go to the woods, but I just wrote that off as him being a curious three-year-old, as most boys are. Now this instant isn't isolated, as our twins have done similar things, but... Nothing quite as extreme as this. There have been nights where we just laid down for the night and heard a loud bang on the side of the house, on the wall behind our bed. It was so loud that I jumped up and looked out the window. Our floodlight had come on, but I could see nothing. The weird part about this is that our bedroom sits about 12 feet from the ground level, as we have a full-size basement that's cinder block. I put on my slippers, and I grabbed one of my 12-gauge shotguns, walked outside to investigate. It was dead silent, again. The floodlight that's on the side of the house had clicked off at this point, so I walked over to the end of the deck and shined my light around the yard. There was nothing. I walked around the house, shined the light around intently, 
As I approached the back side of my house, the hairs on the back of my neck stood up. It felt like someone was watching me. I shine the light up into the trees, but again, nothing. I rounded the corner, and the first thing I noticed was that my three dogs were in their area, and they weren't making a peep. Now our dogs have no filter, and they'll bark at anyone and everyone. This includes me. So to see them all hiding, with their tails between their legs, not making a peep, really had me worried. As I kept walking around, all of a sudden the crickets and the frogs started making sounds again. It was as if someone had clicked a switch. I walked into the house, told my wife that I hadn't seen anything. She shrugged and said, okay, as long as the dogs were okay. Due to the circumstances that night, I decided to let the dogs sleep in with us. The very same thing has happened on all four exterior walls of the house. It's random and annoying, but just like these instances every time, there's nothing going on outside. There have also been times where we're sitting in the house, and as I was watching a movie, my wife walked over to me and said, Did you call me? I say no, and she says that she swears she heard me call her name right in her ear. She said that it was definitely my voice, but she didn't understand because it sounded so close, and I was a good 20 feet away from her in my recliner. The important part to this was that she was sitting at the table doing something, and the slider to the backyard was open behind her. Now... Our back patio sits about 20 feet off the ground, and it's like a balcony. It's got no staircase access outside. There have been several instances where she would say that she heard someone whisper in her ear, but she couldn't make out the sound. Again, I kept thinking that she was going crazy, but as you'll see, I think all of this tied into the final moment where things are revealed. The last thing I want to mention before we get into what just happened is that I have a shooting range built behind my workshop on the opposite side of our property, next to the main road. It's kind of on a downslope, but it works perfectly for what I need it for. The range itself is cut straight into the woods, going down about a hundred yards or so. When you're at the downrange, you have woods surrounding you on all sides, except back up at my shop. I have to say that it always has felt creepy when I'm dealing with my targets or mowing. When you're down there, it feels like you're miles from anyone. One day, around five in the evening, I was sighting in a new rifle scope. The sun was still up, but was starting to go down. So, I knew this was going to be the final test. Up until this point, nothing really happened while I was making my multiple trips downrange, other than this feeling of uneasiness. As I got downrange, I kept getting this feeling like someone or something was watching me. I looked around, but didn't see anything. As I was placing stickers over my previous shots, I heard something big off to the side of me. It sounded like a large branch had snapped off a tree. Now, if you've been in Tennessee woods, you'll know that a lot of branches fall off of trees randomly, out of nowhere. So this is nothing new. Except this time, it was very loud, and it sounded like fresh, strong wood, if that makes any sense. I turned and looked, but again, I couldn't see anything. I started walking back up to my rifle, and I swear I heard someone right behind me. I turned around, but again, nothing. As I started to walk again, I heard this deep growl. It was really deep and loud, and what's worse is that it was all around me. I turned around facing the range and started walking backwards. The thought of some rabid dog charging out of the bushes had me freaked out, so running wasn't a good idea. I slowly walked backwards up the hill to my rifle, 
but nothing happened. I grabbed my rifle and sprayed the target with rapid fire, hoping to scare off whatever was stalking me. I left ten rounds in the mag and grabbed my rifle bag. I quickly walked up to the house. I didn't tell my wife about this because I didn't want her to freak out. Fast forward, about a year later when we moved in, my niece was staying with us as a live-in nanny to earn money over summer break from college. We were on our way back from the store and a mile from our house, and I saw two eyes reflecting in the headlights coming from a wide tree on the side of the road just ahead. It had caught my attention because they were higher than a deer, but a different color and size, too. Just as I had said, what is that? And squinted, they vanished. I had made a comment that it was almost as if it had known I could see it, and it moved. The color was kind of a golden green. They resembled the mannerisms of a large cat, as they felt ominous. It's hard to explain, but I shrugged it off as we were passing the tree, and I saw nothing. A few moments later, we arrived at the house. We were getting bags out of the car. My three-year-old son came bolting out of the house, excited to see me. As I was waiting to help her carry in the bags, I heard my dog growl. I looked in the direction that she was looking up at, my neighbor's property across the street. Now what I saw kept me up all night. Up until this point, I've always been skeptical as I'd never seen anything with my own two eyes, even with what had happened to me the year prior. I still had my doubts that this was just my mind playing tricks on me. Now my street is kind of spread out. Each house sits on several acres. And at the end of the road is Kentucky Lake. My neighbor's house sits adjacent to my house on about an acre lot. Directly in front of my house is a wall of woods, and behind my house is several thousand acres of untouched forest. As I was looking across the street to my neighbor's property, I saw a large, dark figure between the trees. At first, the movement caught me off guard, as it looked like something big moving quickly on all fours. Then, when it came out into clear view, it stood up and walked like a man. At first, I didn't know what to make of it. It was very tall. But what was so strange about it was the distance that it was covering, and the fact that it was in front of his shed. I swear, I could see through it. It was clearly walking quickly, but moving faster than any person could at a sprint. More importantly, there was no sound. It was like it was phasing in and out of reality as it moved. I said, what the hell is that? And realized that it was looking directly at us. It had moved at an angle away from us to minimize its time out in the open and moving quickly as it could while still being silent. The hairs on the back of my neck stood up as I realized that whatever it was was stalking us. I told my niece to get in the house now and I grabbed my son and booked it inside. I grabbed my AR-15 with a short scope and came back outside to see my niece still grabbing stuff out of the car. Knowing I told her firmly and clearly to get in the house, her disregard for my command annoyed me, but still I watched over her without saying a word. As she was slowly walking, she turned towards the woods across the street from my house and suddenly bolted for the house. She ran up the steps in a panic state, I asked her what she saw, and her face was pale as a ghost. She said, I heard something big in the woods, walking loudly on the leaves. When I turned towards it, I heard a deep, guttural growl. I asked her why she didn't come in when I told her, and she said that she thought I was talking to my son, 
I told her what I'd seen, and she wanted to get a closer look to see if she could see something for herself. I told her it wasn't a good idea, and she went anyways. As she was walking down the walkway, I heard the sound of dry leaves crunching in the woods across the street. I told her to stop and come back to take the flashlight. Now at this point, she's about six feet away from my wife's SUV. As she turned and started walking back towards me, I caught a glimpse of something gray and hairy. It bolted from behind the SUV back across the street into the woods. My porch is a raised porch. Our SUV is about six and a half feet tall. And whatever this was, it cleared about 45 feet in what looked like a single jump. It moved like lightning. Whatever it was, it wanted my niece. It jumped behind the car, out of my line of sight, and was waiting for her. She still doubted my warnings and grabbed the flashlight, walked back towards the car. As she entered my driveway, she stopped dead in her tracks leaned forward as if she could see something. I asked her what she saw. She turned and ran back up to the porch with a terrified look on her face saying, nope, 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 over and over again. She said it was a figure hiding inside the tree and she saw its eyes. I asked her what they looked like. All she could say was that they looked a dull red at first but as she got closer, they looked dead. I said, what do you mean dead? And she said, the pupils, they looked grayed out, like eyes when they go blind. She said that it was really dark gray. And she swears that she could see through it, almost like a dark cloud. She wanted to go out again, and she took a step down the stairs as she did, it revealed itself from the tree. I said, get inside, and I went in and locked the door. It looked like a tall human being shape. It was really tall, and it looked ominous as hell. The next morning, we did a height comparison to the tree limb that she saw it stand over, and I put its height at around nine feet tall, and its eyes were about six inches apart. At this point, I don't know what this thing was. After doing some research, I think that this was a glimmer man or crawler. I looked to see if there have been any other sightings in Benton County, but nothing. More importantly, I swear it would phase in and out, almost like a shadow person, but bigger and more obvious. I originally posted this on a Bigfoot sub, but after doing a bunch of research... I believe that it belongs here. One of the things that makes it fit is that it can communicate telepathically. This explains why everyone was hearing something that nobody else could hear. Secondly, it has a playback-like communication. So when I heard a dog panting, it was probably one of my dogs that it had heard. My wife was actually hearing our son crying for help, as he'd recently fallen and cried for help. The baby crying would be our newborn baby, who she'd given birth to recently. And it must have heard me call my wife's name and kept telepathically calling my wife's name with my voice. Another thing that my niece had said that night was that she felt compelled to go back outside to it. She said she felt like this thing was communicating with her somehow, and it wanted her to go back outside. The more I read about this thing, the more everything that's been happening over the past year makes sense. One thing that I find extra convincing is that down the road towards the lake, there's a property that's barbed wired off, and it's a wall of forest with no driveway. A lot of the property down our road is undeveloped owned land, and on one of those trees, there's a large old sign that says, Screamer lives here. 
with an arrow pointing back into the woods. Now, I have to admit, when I first saw this sign, I laughed thinking maybe the owner screamed at trespassers who entered his property, and teenagers put up the sign to mess with him. But when I did a satellite search of the neighborhood, the entire section of road has no houses or trails or anything, and is just pure forest for as far as the eye can see. One of the things that this thing is said to do is make a loud scream when threatened. Now that you understand my story, I doubt that this is ending. The next question is, what can we do? I don't want my wife or kids to disappear one day. And if there is more than one of these things out there, this really makes the missing 411 make a whole lot of sense. I feel perplexed and scared as, what can I do? Any advice? I'll try and keep this post alive with as many new experiences as I can. friends, it appears we've reached the end of tonight's episode, but don't miss a brand new one every Friday night. I want to thank those who shared their stories, and a big thanks to all of you for listening. Don't forget to like this video, subscribe to The Darkest Hour, and tap the bell so you never miss a thing. I sure do appreciate all of it, and I can't thank you enough. Huge shout out to all of my patrons for their unwavering support. Misanthropia, Shane Q, Monica L, The Dark Cosmos, Zoe Watt, Shelly B, Rat Girl, Alicia S, and Aaron G. If you want to support The Darkest Hour in other ways, consider joining my Patreon. Check out patreon.com slash thedarkesthour or click the link in the description. You can keep up with me and all things Darkest Hour over on my Instagram at the Darkest Hour YT, or if you prefer Twitter at Amanda Jane TDH. Do you have stories like these? I'd love to share them. Send them to me, Amanda Darkest Hour at gmail.com, or on the Darkest Hour subreddit, the Darkest Hour YT. Stay spooky.